to be brief with you. I, I just pray blesses you, I pray it encourages you. Uh, what I'm about to say is simply going to be called God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. You know what it means to mock somebody? Huh? M-O-C-K. Mock. I'm saying mocked. God cannot be mocked. You see, you can mock someone by making jest of somebody. Is that okay? And that is because of what you find about the person. And you know, sometimes you see somebody, little children, they can find somebody in the penis. Hey, look at that man, is walking. You make him jest, you mock him. Eh? Hallelujah. Like a young man have to speak to Elijah and say, bald head. You will mock him. No, that is when you mock someone, you may think, you know, maybe you've seen a defect or you see something that you can. It's another way of saying you deride, looking down on someone and things like that. But God cannot be mocked. That is what I want to share with you this morning. And I know, your mind will quickly run to Galatians chapter 6. But I'll read that with you. But that's not what I have in mind. But I'll read that with you. Galatians 6, 7 to 8. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For what if I man swear, thou shall he also read. For he that swear to his flesh, to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that swear to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Now let me let me say something on that. But I read that because that is where your mind will go when I say God cannot be mocked. Bible is saying here if you read, you see. Now you must follow this law in your life. Whether young or old, small or big, you've got to follow this law. Listen and listen closely. You don't pray for money. I'm talking about vows this morning and things like that. Some of you may not be serious with it. You don't pray for money. Is that okay? This law is there. In fact, God is not intended to change this law like he said in the book of Jeremiah. He said, if you can stop the sun from rising and remove from shining in the night, then I can change my laws for my covenant. You can change the law of sowing and reaping. The Bible says, as the earth abideth, seed time and harvest. Now the problem you have in your life is the issue of what you do with your seed. It's what you do with your seed that determines your harvest. You know, I was studying a few days ago. I see people talking about harvest, you know, time for harvest, time for harvest. The question is, what have they sown that they have to harvest? Yeah. You know, we're going to have a harvest in the world. What have you sown? You sow your own things in the world. How can you harvest it? Jesus sowed life into one woman and he harvested the world of Samaria. How can we be talking about harvesting the world when what we are sowing is not what God? It's not God's seed. Until you sow the right seed, you don't, you don't have a guarantee of harvest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So even if you only want to talk about harvesting the world, you have to sow the right seed, which is what God intends his people to know. Because he can't be harvesting them, making them twice dead, proselytizing the people. Alright, that is about the gospel anyway. Even so with your seed. If you hold tight to your seed, you are not expecting a harvest. He that sweat bountifully shall also reap bountifully, the word says. Is that okay? But I said of your dad, your thought is also a seed. The kind of thought you have will also bring forth fruits. Is that okay? Wrong thought will produce wrong relationship, wrong action, and troubles for you. They are all seeds. You must understand. Jesus was saying and speaking. And he was saying, what do you mean this parable of the sower? He said the words. Am I talking? The words are the thing he sowed into the life of the people. Now when God preached to people,
people when Jesus was preaching to people, he was sowing seed in their life. The Bible says some seed fell on certain grounds. Even so, those seed becomes your thoughts. Are you hearing this? So you find that the way you think will also determine what comes to you. It's your thoughts. Every seed sown will bring a corresponding word harvest. Some of the things you are passing through is no devil, it's your thoughts. They are the things you sold. They are the things you gave out. And they are coming back to you in such a retributive manner. It is difficult for you to sometimes say, but with all my serving to God, see what is coming to me, see what is happening. Your thought has to be scrutinized. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever. He didn't say what you should sow. He opened it. Whatever a man sow. Could be money. Could be thought. Could be hatred. Could be anger. Could be envy. Could be jealousy. Whatever. That's what he said. Whatever. I said God cannot be mocked. And some of you so laziness. And that's true. You don't get serious with God. And God will also not get serious with you. No, he said it in the book of the Psalms. Am I right? He said to the crooked, I will show myself crooked. Did he say so? Yeah. To the faithful, I will show myself faithful. For God cannot be mocked. So, if you choose to be crooked towards God, you read crooked them from him. He has a lot of feet in his back. And you say, but God is wicked, he's not wicked. You are just reaping what you sow. Hallelujah. Now we know the compassion of the Lord is there. For his compassion endureth forever. Huh? Are you still there with me? His masses and burning, his compassion and or else the sons of Jacob which will have been consumed. Is that okay? But what we sow on a daily basis is enough load to have drained our lives. So what you sow matters. How you relate to people matters. How you think about people matters. How you think about God matters. How you think about the world matters. You see, if you think God cannot deliver you and the devil is stronger than God, sure you reap more from the devil. You see your thoughts. Hallelujah. Okay, now, I read that to lay a foundation to what I'm about to say. How many of you understand that God is all-powerful? How many of you believe that God is all-sufficient? How many of you have come to the place of realization that because God decided to save you, you are just going to be saved? God cannot be mocked. Let me read some scripture before we talk. Because some of you have a lot of problems in life. Not because God is not there. But you don't seem to know him. Look at the book of Luke chapter 14. Are you there? For which of you, Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower? See them not down first. And counted the cost. Whether I have sufficient to finish it. <laughs> I want you to know that. Which of you wanted to build a tower, build a house without first sitting down? 
I'm taking calculation whether he's going to be able to finish it. In other words, the money you have in the bank will be sufficient for you to finish the building. Amen. Number 29, verse 29, less happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. And that behold, he began to mock him. Saying, This man began to build, I was not able to finish. Or what king going to war to make war against another king? See, they not down first and count consulting whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that come against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sent an embassy and desired conditions of peace. Hallelujah. What do you think God is building? Don't sell this. It's like a parable. But God was also speaking to himself and telling people about who he is. In Matthew 16, verse number 18, the Bible says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not do what? Prevail. Hallelujah. Now you must know the church is both you and the corporate body. Are you hearing this? He said, I will build my church, and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Now the Bible tells me this. If for instance we begin to think that the devil is so strong, and it's going to make it impossible for God to finish what he began in your life. He simply means God didn't sit down to plan the course of redemption before he began. Are you listening? Yes, you see, this is where people are getting into trouble. Yes, he said, Who wants to build a car which has a sitting down and calculating? Or he wants to go to war without first estimating the strength of the enemy before he began? And some of you come to God and you are just there, oh, the devil is there, the devil is that. It means God didn't sit down. The God you serve didn't sit down. Make my own sat down. Yes, sir. He took the cross. Hey, hey, I know what it's going to cost me to save David. And I know how far I'm going to go finishing with David. <laughs> See, you need to sleep when you hear some things. And rest in your spirit that the God who called you is at work. Who first wants to build a house without sitting down and counting the cost? You think God started the work of redemption and he didn't know that there was going to be an enemy? <laughs> and you, listen, if the devil defeats, defeats God, if the devil defeats God, he never sat down at all. That means he didn't, he didn't calculate to know how strong the enemy would be. But he's saying when a natural man does that, how much more he got? He talks about you and everything about your life before you came here. Want to build a house, you won't sit down. Eh? Some of you just walk, you think you were saved by accident. Oh, one day I just went to a crusade. You know, the man was preaching. Oh, I just gave my life to Christ. You gave him, he called you. Do you understand? For you to respond at all, he called you. He can't tell because I'm going to pick this man from this crusade and bring him now.
Do you read this Bible sometimes and think? You read a story? I don't read a story. I read about God's eternal purpose for creation yeah. and my life. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you reading the book? To have passages to preach about? Mm-mm. Who wants to build a house without first sitting down and counting the cost? So, what are we talking about? I said God cannot be mocked. Am I correct? Yeah. That means if you cannot be ultimately saved, God is going to be mocked. That is to say, you didn't see that to count the cost. You didn't know there was a devil there. So look at what you said. You said you're going to save him. Look at him. Are you getting that? Can you imagine Moses talking to God and saying, hey, if you don't take them there, people will say, he couldn't do it. Yes, 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 sir. So you are getting there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you get what I'm talking about? You are getting there. So God cannot be mocked. My salvation, my destiny is not in the hands of anyone. There's a need for you to understand some scriptures. They give you liberation. Mm-hmm. Are you there with me? You say, Glory to God. I will be in my jobs. And the forces of darkness cannot prevail. They can't stop it. That means there is a marching forward. You can't stop it. I will build my church. It is when you build, that is when you can finish. Yes. For either labor to build without the Lord, laborate in vain. But when God is building, He is finishing. When He starts, He is finished. That is why Hebrews 12 verse 2, the Bible says, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. God is not contending with any man. He has already counted the cost. So God, you are a finished product. Come on here. Are you hearing this? For He began it. And he's finishing it. God cannot be mocked. I see no trouble. Are you still there with me? Listen, you may find some obstacles, but if we find a way out of it, because it was finished, or else it's going to be mocked. God cannot. Who wants to deal with us? They're sitting down and counting the cost. How am I going to finish it myself? How am I going to finish it? Who wants to deal? God is not a fool. He sat down to call the calculation and he said, You like this devil will come here, this one will come here, but I'm still going to finish. And everything he will make for you to overcome, he makes available. No temptation taking the soil that has come out of life. But God will still make a way of escape. That you may be able to be ahead. So that you look at it. Why is my business this way? You are finishing. Why is my family this way? You are finishing. You just need to know the God you are serving. You just need to know this man that began this work. (laughs) He is the author and the finisher of it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't look for him. He looked for me. Do you understand? God looks for his people. He said he will leave the 99 and look for the lost sheep. You were in lost sheep. He looked for you. Which eyes do you have to look for the Lord? The lost sheep. Who told you? 
And Jesus will say, say, no man will come unto me except the Father drag him. That word draw in the Greek means to drag. That means to be resistant and see dragging you. Have you been able to drag your child once? He doesn't want to go to school. And so you must go. Are you hearing this? That means you are doing it against his will. Your will matters nothing when God wants to be with you. Yes, if we break your will, yes, Jonah said it's not going. He said you are going. If you choose not to go, I provide a will. You will get there. I broke your will, you will get there. You will say what I say, you should say. Whether you are angry or not, you are still going to promise her. Your will is too small. Yes, sir. Too small. Except he has not called you. Too small. Except he has not decided to choose you. Too small. Because you first can the call before he will stretch his hand and say, Come. And you say, You're not coming, say, You will come. Hallelujah. That's why that young man said, Jesus said, Follow me. Say, Just allow me to come and bury my father. Say, Let the dead bury the dead. Come. Do you understand? He sat down to count the cross. Before ever you were born again, in the understanding of what born again means, I'm not talking about the church home, signing a card. Huh? Because that can be religious activity, just signing a card. Are you born again, yeah? You take the card and then follow up. Mm, no. When you are born again, you'll be panting after him. You'll be desiring him. He creates a hunger in your spirit. That you will never be satisfied except you find him. How many of you read Romeo and Juliet in those days? You read it? Yeah. Old people can tell some stories from that book. When two guys left city. Are you hearing this? Something was driving them. There was something in that. They were not mad. There was a desire created by the relationship that they had. Am I talking? Yes, sir. <laughs> See, God was illustrating the children of Israel how he was dragging them from the wilderness, how they were a wife unto him, how the wife was running, running, running after him. But he turned their attention and begin to look into all of that diversity of operations in terms of what you call husbands and gods. And God said, okay, Hosea, he just give a baby to a prostitute and let them see exactly what they've done. But in the midst of that, whether they got into a prostitute, I'm still going to marry them. Because he was finished. Otherwise, men will say he thought he was going to bring them from Egypt and take them to Canaan. Now he couldn't do it. God cannot be mocked. Your failures will not stop God. Your foolishness will not stop God. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? I am seeing something in the scriptures. Your stupidity can't stop God. Except he has never been interested in you. Hallelujah. Had a revelation on the night. There was this young man that went to a meeting. I thought he was looking for someone. And well, all around there, I see this man putting on this kind of dress, white garment. And he told him, Come, come, I want to give you a white garment. I said, No, I can wear that. So I was asking the spirit, Why is he saying he can't wear that? Something was telling him it's no fit to be part of those people. So he was walking around the meeting. And all the people were asking him to come. But listen to me. The fact that there is already a thought for him to come, he will come. No matter where he's going to, he will come. Because his name is already listed. Can you see what happened? In the book of Numbers, where Moses said, I'm going to take off my spirit. God said, I'll take off my spirit and put it upon the group of people, the 70 elders. 
to help you. Are you listening to me? This one. So what happened? The Bible tells me that two men didn't come from the camp. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Two of them remained in the camp. They didn't call about friend. What was happening? The congregation was happening to them. Why? Because your names are connected. Does it matter? The spirit is going to locate you. Now let me tell you something. It doesn't matter where you go to. God will still go. He's going to find you. Do you understand? And so then he said, even if I make my bed in there, even there. Listen, it is not God that made it. You made it. But you made it and you see coming in there to pick you up. What's your trouble with this life? Is this box? Hallelujah. Are you following me? It's very short. God cannot be mocked. That is my faith. God cannot be fooled. I am very convinced I will finish. Not me, but he. For he is the author. He, that is, he began it. And is a finisher of that which you profess. Are you in business? And God has chosen that you be a millionaire. You surely going to be a millionaire. Let all your cargoes go into the drain now. Let fire burn your house. You're still going to be a millionaire. Millionaire is not your property. Millionaire is that which is already you. That is not the property. The millionaire thing is already inside you. This one is designed to be a millionaire. It's already inside you. It's not a property. So let the fire go them. Because even though that the fire and the enemy did to Job, he was in the regions. Come on, I'm not talking to you. That thing to make Job the richest man in peace was already in him. It was not what he had. So by the time that which what he had seems to have been destroyed by the wind, by the fire, and whatever you want to talk about, there was a result of multiplication on the other side. It was inside him. God wants to showcase some people and say, this is what I can do. So some of the trouble you are passing through is to exemplify what God can do. Who is the author and the finisher of your faith? The man who wanted to mock God will turn around and say, God is good. Remember what they did to Job? God, God told them, say, you go back to Job and let him pray for you. For God cannot be mocked. Your present circumstance amounts to nothing in God's mind for you. When I look at the few things about my life, I say, God, you are great and wonderful. You are just great and wonderful. Because everything that can sink a man literally has passed my way. The man is still alive. Because there is an order of finishing process taking place and they're going. You are passing through a lot of current. Man, look up. Say, looking unto Jesus. That is the key. Looking. The author and the finisher. Of your face. You may not have shoes to wear. Look up. Hmm? What did he say she do? Look up, not look down. You look down, you see your shoes. We look at you see Christ. <laughs> and Christ is the provider of the shoes. Am I talking to somebody? Look up, not down. Huh? The, the only time you look down is to look down. Let me explain. You know what I mean? We are sitting together with Christ where? In the heavenly places. So you can look down on the devil. Amen. But you look up unto Jesus. Amen. So when you're looking down, be sure of what you're doing. 
Are you looking at the devil or are you looking at your condition? Huh? Because we are sitting together with where? Christ! In the heavenly places. So keep looking down. But look up to Jesus. Is that okay? Yes, when the devil is coming and saying, you are not qualified for this business. You know what to look down on someone? It's to let him know he's not fit for what he thinks he's doing in your life. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If he can't finish, then he's going to be mocked. I'm not sure God is prepared to be mocked. Because he counted the cost before he began. Hallelujah. Let's read the wrong passages for them we should be through. Look at what he said in the book of Psalm. Psalm 110. And verse number 1. Psalm 110 verse number 1. The Bible says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down at my right hand, until I make thy enemies thy fools too. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, root thou in the midst of thy enemies. He says, sit down until. Who is going to put the enemies on their feet? God himself. Not me. Listen, even when you, when you begin to think, the weapon of our warfare are not canon. That means we have God as our weapon. Because he is the one truly, truly pulling down. He is the one bringing all enemies where? On that feet. He says, sit down, sit down. Sit down and begin to reign while you are reigning and doing the job. To sit down here yes, is to sit down as a priest, as a king. Sit down until I bring all enemies under your feet. My friend, listen to me. The technology for defeating the enemies so many are not in your hand, except God gives them to you. Even if He wants you to do it, He has to reveal it to you. Sit down. Hallelujah. You know, you see, Fret not thyself, scripture say, Psalm 37. Fret not because of evildoers, either because they are prospering or, you know, forget about the prosperity. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, stop there and meditate. Huh? You know what he's saying there? Don't bother yourself because of their plans. Don't bother yourself for what they are saying. For they shall surely gather together, but not by me. So if they shall gather together for their sake, they shall fall. Did he say so? Yes, say, fret not yourself. Sit down. Until I bring all enemies under your feet. He has a good job for me. I have to rest. Yeah. Glory to God. <laughs> See, it's like the general coming to the president and saying, President, sit down. We will go and deal with the enemy and come back and give you a report. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? The man have to sit down and take care of his family and take care of the affairs of the nation. Why the general is all there doing the work of destroying the enemy. And when he finishes with the destruction, he comes back again and report we are finished. And then we have taken them. Now they can pay tribute to you as a president. Woo. Sit down. <laughs> My, listen. The key to your being at rest is knowing what God wants to do in your life. Is that okay? So you just rest. Just be at peace. Just be at peace. I was sharing the marks yesterday and some of them in the, the school. And, you know, sometimes when I say some amazing things, I call them amazing things. 
The kind of thing that pastors can tell people to turn their head upside down, to make them to come to the place of beginning to think that God is not up there. He's not strong enough to decide to protect. God is not strong enough. Same things in your life and your head is upside down. You can't sleep, no rest. How many of you understand when you don't have rest, you're already dying? When you can't sleep, you're already dying. All manner of things begin to manifest in your life. And it says the devil is your thoughts. Hallelujah. By the time they begin to mount you all manner of ministrations and your head is upside down and then they cap it up with fasting. It's a pregnant lady and all manner of things have come and they say she should fast for three months. Until the day of delivery she should be fasting. You want to do that? <laughs> Somebody pregnant. You are starving this woman, starving the baby because her heart is not there. There is not a pool. Moses went 40 days, God gave him food. Jesus went 40 days, God took him there. Am I joking? Moses went 40 days, he was in the presence of the Lord. Where is this woman? I am not giving this long fast. And so you want to go 40 days, except the Lord call you up there, you will start to death. But because Moses was in the presence of the Lord, he was being fed supernaturally. Elijah had to eat supernatural to go 40 days. Keep people. Am I saying don't fast? No. But not only because of an enemy. How many of you understand if an enemy is going to kill you with your fasting or you will see that there? If I is easier because already you were weak. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> no strength in you. So you can't even talk. And some of you don't know how to meditate. So now you can't even talk in terms of spiritual warfare. So it's easy. But there is an auto and a finisher of your faith. I simply told you, lady, now that I told you this, what did I tell you? Say, I don't know. So that's your problem. Because you don't yet know him as your father. Is that okay? Hallelujah. The author and the finisher of our faith is something you can play with. Now, there's a book of Ephesians. Let's see. Let me read from the book of Ephesians. I'm going to be using the Bible, Young Literal Translation. Dr. Young. Ephesians from verse number one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God, not by the will of man. Apostleship is not by man's will, but by God's will. That is why in true sense, you can't ordain a pastor, you can't ordain a prophet, you can't ordain an evangelist. You don't have the right to ordain people into those offices. They are strictly God's. The power given to a pastor is to ordain elders and deacons, not ordain pastors. You can't ordain a pastor. You can't ordain an apostle. You can't ordain a prophet. I mean, the fivefold ministries. I'm not talking about people who claim and carry titles. By the will of God. Am I talking to somebody here? Chosen by God himself to be an apostle. You can't like point people into that office. Rest of the recent thing, if I ordain an apostle, I was shocked. Prince, that guy. Say, if I ordain an apostle. 
carry your father or day husband or person. That's serious. Then you are also for your father. <laughs> Amen. You see, don't let people with big, big titles fool you. Is that okay? Let us show what we have here. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good greeting. Am I right? Even so, I greet you this morning. Grace and peace be unto you from the Father. And you have to receive it. You know, when the grace begins to walk in your life, things will move. Yeah, yeah. Can you understand that? When the peace of God that passes all understanding is granted unto you, grace will overtake you in those problems. Because you have peace with it. So, this guy were not just talking, they selected what they were saying, all in consonant with the redemptive walk. How do you greet people? <laughs> Glory to God. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who did bless us in every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. The blessings are in the heavenly places while we are in Christ. So if you are out of Christ, you can get those things. Hallelujah. According as, that is the key in verse 4, according as he did chose us in him before the foundation of the world. For being holy and unblemished before him in love. Did you see what he's saying there? Can you capture the thought of God here? He said he chose us before the world went into disruption. Before the he said, before there was anything called the devil, God had chosen you. Is that, is that what you're saying? Before there was anything called even a human being, before there was a tree in the garden, God had made a choice of you. So you're already coming to what God has done in Abel's past. Now why do you think the devil who came in between can stop what he planned from the beginning? Hallelujah. Are you listening? Glory to God. Do you see why? Sorry to say, let me go. Do you see why the issue of parental causes cannot work if you understand? Because the choice of you coming to God, the fact that He chose you and called you, He knew there was going to be somebody called a parent before you were chosen. But even with the parental causes you seem to have inherited, it's going to finish. And to him, you are a holy person. In his love. See, we need to preach and to let people know what God has in mind for yeah, you. Yeah. Not all just jumping around and sweating and... Uh, eh? That will solve your problem. Or do you know? Chosen before the foundation of the world. A holy and a blemish before you. He is still the one doing it. Your unholiness now is not stopping God. That is why He's coming to wash you with the washing of the world. He is coming to wash you. How many of you have neglected your children because they messed up themselves from this? Do you have some children? Little ones? And you dress them so well, maybe on what you call Christmas Day, which is not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right. 
And it's why you know this little boy is just walking, he changes steps. He's clearly messed up. He has messed up himself. This good dress that is on him. And flies are following him. So my wife comes from. He went to a party with flies. <laughs> and they are following him back home. Oh man, what would be the first thing that will happen to you? You think of water. You think of soap. Hey, God is going to watch you with high soap. And you shall be white as snow. Is someone doing the washing? If you like mess up yourself, you will still bring you out. <laughs> I know that too well. It's ignorance of making to mess up yourself. That little boy or girl should have just know that he can remove his bike and do the thing there. Am I talking? Yes, sir. I know because he's concerned with play and playing here and then before you know it, flies are not attended to me. <laughs> and that is a problem. Are you hearing this? But God is going to wash you. It's God is also is going to wash you regularly. Listen, he chose us before the foundation of the world. I am not in Christ by accident. It is not my choice that I have to be in Christ. He chose me. He chose you. Even before you were conceived, while you were still in the realm of spirit, God has already made a choice of you. The day you were born again was when God quickened this thought to your heart that you are now a soul. All along you didn't know. That's a problem. Before you were born again, you didn't know. But to God, you are a soul. Walking in the street, killing people like so. Are you getting it? You are a soul. Killing people, doing no matter of you, you are still a soul. To him, you are a soul. Now one day he says, Soul, soul. Say, What, thou Lord? You understand that there's a lordship. And when you begin to accept and believe the lordship of Christ, is finished with you. He brings you out of that realm of ignorance. He didn't say, who are you? Who are thou, Lord? God is speaking him to recognize that this is God talking to him now. Who are thou, Lord? Hallelujah. Before the foundation of the world, he chose him. Verse 5. Having ordained us to the adoption of all, of sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. For us as was as sons to himself, not to some man, to himself, not to a system, to himself, not to a church. My sonship has no relationship with systems. It has to do with God. Chose us as sons to what? To himself. And so he gave all the spirit in the heart, never will cry out. Abba Father. Which you can understand, people of God. That your sonship is directly connected to being a son in the Father's house. Hallelujah. Remember, we have all the heavenly inheritance already. So watch it. Go down. Verse number six. To the praise of the glory of his grace, in which he did make us acceptable in the beloved. Hallelujah. Are you there? In which he did abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. In whom we have the redemption through his blood, the remission of the sins or trespasses according to the riches of what? Of his grace. Now what he's trying to say is God forgive you not because you have any power to forgive yourself. Not because there is something you can do to have yourself cleansed from the iniquities of Adam. 
Lord. Hallelujah. Are you still there? When, when Saul said, Lord, something begin to minister in his spirit. It is the same thing. Listen to me, people of God. <laughs> Do you know Uzziah actually means strength? Uzziah, the day Uzziah died, people think somebody had to die for you to do something. It's your strength that will die. Nobody is dying for you to see anything. It's your strength. Uzziah and the same things for Uzzah. They are synonymous names. Human strength, human energy to help God. When the strength of men die, when the system of oppression dies, when men, are you hearing this? When your thought of idolatry dies, you will see the glory of the Lord. <laughs> no king is dying for you to see the glory. You just need to see the Lord and let the king be here. The king in your life, go up, let him die. Let Uzziah die. Let the strength of men, let idolatry. Check the story of Uzziah. Check what he did. When he left the true worship and went to idolatry. Are you hearing this? It is not the person, it is the system that have to die. But God is not interested in people dying. I'm sure you know that. It is the system. I hear people say, when one king died, then no, when the system of religion in your life, when that ability to see begins to be created and configured in your mindset to see who God is, and you shift from idolatry of the mind and spirit, you move towards God, the glory will be there. You will not see the glory of God. Highly lifted up city, and at that dimension, your own iniquity is what? Is born. Because the iniquity of Isaiah was only connected to Isaiah himself. Because he was the king reigning at that time. Come on now. Are you hearing this? See, your iniquity is poor because Isaiah is dead already. This life God, I've told you, I've told you, you cannot make a proclamation. <laughs> Hallelujah. So nice. So I've been chosen the beloved. He redeemed us. He forgave us our sins. Not because of what we can do. <laughs> How many of you have taken time? And you people say, well, I made a vow. You know, the vow, I'm not talking about financial vow. Depending on vow, you make sure people think about money. Many vow, I won't smoke again. Oh, I made a vow, I won't drink again. Have you said those like that? Have you had people say that? They made a vow today, they stop for one month, and the next three months, they are to in big shots. They want to cover up for the three months or two months that they never took it. Is that okay? You can do that. It's God that will really, really do what help you. He can take the desire from you and the changes from and you don't know how. He takes the ability from you. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? It's the power of the God. That's what redemption means. And he wants to change you, he can, you can cry all you like, man. God is not here ready for that. There's nothing you can do about it. Because this thing is human strength. This thing is right there. There is iniquity in the, he said, iniquity in my mother conceived me. You are not happy with it, but there is nothing you can do. You tried all your best. I came to announce to you, God is still at work in your life. Amen. Don't lose hope. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel condemned. God is still alive in your life. He's still the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Now, what is the only one say? What verse are we now? Verse 10? Okay. No, 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 no. Verse 7. In whom we have the redemption through his blood, the remission of the transfer according to the riches of his grace. Having made known to us the secret of his will, 
according to his good pleasure that he proposed in himself. God had a will. He planned this. He planned this in himself. He didn't discuss it with anybody. It was his personal thoughts. What he proposed in himself. As he goes to sat on his throne, if you will, just giving a picture, and he saw himself and said, What should I do? God had a plan. I said, Okay, I'm going to create a creation, but this is what will happen. Somewhere along the night, creation will fall, but I will bring them back. And this secret I'm going to give to a few people, the apostles and the prophets. And so when men look at creation and say, Nothing is good in creation, the apostles now say, There's something good in creation. God had his plan. Leave the next verse and see. Hallelujah. Are you there? In regard to the dispensation of the fullness of time. To bring into world the whole in the Christ. Both the things in the heavens and things on the earth. Even in him. Can you hear what Jesus said in Matthew 28? All powers is given to me where? In heaven and in earth. Listen to me. Jesus sounds like this. He becomes a bridge between heaven and earth. Heaven and earth that seems to be separated were not connected in who? In Christ. That is the cross. He is both outreaching to heaven and spreading across the horizon. He can touch the other ends of the earth and touch heaven and touch earth and bring everything together right in the center of the cross. And so when he talks about the dispensation of the fullness of time, he says, A time comes when in that cross, in that Christ, I'm going to gather all things that are seems to be in disharmony. My friend, listen to me. If your life is in shambles, there is a place for gathering. And God is going to bring everything together. You are going to have your mind back to you. The sense is going to come back to you. Foolishness will be taken away from you. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. I see something beyond your failure. See something greater than that. I see what the cross can do. I see the center of the cross. I see you migrating towards the cross. I see the cross lifted and you running towards the cross. And people have written you off, but God cannot be mocked. Who began the journey? God. Who is going to finish the journey? God. But God cannot be mocked. Listen. All those things you see, they are temporal. Yes, sir. The Bible says so. Yes, oh, come on now. All those things perfecting you, they are nothing but what temporal. Cannot be compared to the eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. Now look at the next thing. Hmm. Hey, yeah. Verse number 11. In whom also we did obtain what? An inheritance. Before then, according to the purpose of his will, who the all things is to walk in according to the cancel word of his will. For our being to the praise of his glory, even those who this first hope in the Christ. Did you get that? We've obtained an inheritance. In Christ, we are blessed with our spiritual blessing. Where? In heavenly places, in who? In Christ. And in that position, in that position, we obtain what? An inheritance. Some of you can enter into your inheritance as souls because you don't know. That's why there's all these trouble, all these troubles. Hey, I'm calling you back home like the prodigal son. Let something minister to your mind. I know that you have a father who has all resources available. Come back to the father's house. Stay with the father. Do the will of the father. Don't be stupid. Those things which are yours. Definitely be what? 
be yours. You will ride your cars. You will own your homes. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Don't be envious of the man that has gotten. Both of you were not born on the same day. Ah. Am I talking to somebody? You don't need to look at people. Hey, look at that man. Oh, look. You were not born on the same day. You don't have the same frequency in the spirit. You know where you are going. There is something God is telling you that you have not seen. I came to awaken you this morning. That the God who called you cannot be mocked. And then the Lord be with you. Amen.